Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. We are here live. This is not an encore. Hallelujah. And I'm so pleased to be with you. So pleased to be with you. And I'm awake. So there. Um, We have so much to be thankful for. We just had a wonderful visit from uh, two sisters, one of them the general superior of the um, Franciscan sisters, uh, school sisters of St. Francis. And um, from uh, they came, they drove up from Texas, and we had a, just a beautiful few days together. And they just left. And it, how good it is when the scriptures say we need to love and encourage one another. Uh, we need to encourage and uh, get together to encourage one another to love and good works. And that's simply what happened. It's so wonderful to get together with uncompromising, true Catholics, un um, just courageous living the faith and nothing but the faith. It's so, so beautiful. And we have been reading through, you know I've been trying a few different books, The Spirit of Catholicism, The Catechism Explained, at The Catechism of Trent, to read through different things. And I tried before uh, The Life of Christ by Bishop Fulton Sheen. We did that uh, when I, we were still in Tulsa. You know, but I, um, I think it's too difficult uh, to go through such long books um, so little at a time, and especially away on a conference or some other reason, difficult to pick up again. So uh, the main thing that, the main thought I've had is that in this time when the world is, um, evil is blanketing the world, and evil is blanketing the church, it will never kill the church. The, the church will uh, last till the end of time. There's no question about that, no matter how many enemies come against it, if it goes underground, if there's one soul left, the church will stand. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And my thought is, the best thing we can do for ourselves is not to hide. We have the message that the entire world needs, and we cannot keep it to ourselves, Father and Tuna with Father Groeschel's order, um, said if we keep the good news to ourselves of the Savior and of his church, we are thieves. Everything we have given, we have nothing that we haven't received, and everything we're given is to be given away. So we cannot hide. We cannot be cowards. We cannot hide our light under a bush of, um, none of that. So we need to live the faith fully, but we cannot live a faith that we do not know, which is why I've been looking to go through a a catechism or a book that will help us um, very much to do that. But I I think that, um, and people have been writing that they're really grateful uh, for our going through the faith like that, um, such as uh, the example of the Baltimore Catechism and all of that. But they still need to know how to navigate in these days. So I'm going to suggest that you pick up the Catechism Explained by um, Reverend Francis Barago, forward by Father Chad Ripiger, the Catechism Explained, which is the Catechism of Trent. You can get it online. It's a pretty thick book. It's outstanding. Um, and 
then uh, you can go through other books as well and learn the faith together as a family. But I think in the short time we have each day, um, and I don't want to go past the half hour because that's our time together for calls and questions and emails. Um, and so I think what I'd like to do more where my heart is at for our short time together is focus on our times, focus on how to navigate through this time on the very life God has called us to. Just as he called the 12 apostles um, in a time where if the Messiah was revealed and the first believers were Jews, he came to his own, uh, who were the Jewish people, um, and many did not believe. Uh, And the ones who did believe were persecuted by the Jews who didn't believe. So our Lord knew that, um, that the people who followed him would Uh, indeed take up their cross and follow him and all the disciples except one saint john was were martyred they were all martyred and saint john was exiled to the isle of patmos and so he went through a different form of martyrdom um but we are coming to that time, and uh, there's, there's already millions of martyrs all over the world, Christian martyrs for their faith, Catholic and non-Catholic. And um, we, there's, a, there's a martyrdom coming to you, coming near you, uh, and I think it's going to grow very, very quickly. And so we need to know how to navigate these times and live in these times and hold nothing back from God. I have a tremendous respect for Monsignor Charles Pope. He's in Washington, D.C., pastor of the church there, and um, he's an outstanding author. Um, And I came across an article he wrote four years ago, but it's relevant for us today, and its title is Comfort Catholicism Has to Go. It is time to prepare for persecution. This was four years ago. And Monsignor writes, We are at war for our own souls and the souls of people we love. We are at war for the soul of this culture and nation. And like any soldier, we must train to fight well. There is a growing consternation among some Catholics that the Church, at least in her leadership, is living in the past. It seems there is no awareness that we are at war and that Catholics need to be summoned to sobriety, increasing separation from the wider culture, courageous witness, and increasing martyrdom. And Monsignor continues, it is long past dark in our culture. Now, this is, he's writing four years ago. <clears throat> it is long past dark in our culture, but in most parishes and dioceses, it is business as usual. And there is anything but the sober alarm that is really necessary in times like these. And I'll interrupt here to say this is four years ago, pre-COVID, and Monsignor says it's business as usual. It seems in many parishes and dioceses, What is business as usual today is still limiting the people who come to Mass, even if the government doesn't limit that. It is still um, enforcing masks on parishioners when the government does not. Uh, We're learning that some parishes and some dioceses are separating those who have had the COVID vaccine from those who have not, and the ones who have not have to sit in a different section wear a mask. It's insanity. It's insanity. It is a, a manufactured situation, and it is insanity. And it's, uh, I read an article yesterday on LifeSite News. 
my number one go-to news, LifeSite News. You should all go to LifeSite News for news every day. And um, a priest called the police on a parishioner who was not wearing a mask because of medical reasons. Now, even the government and the COVID people say, if you've got medical reasons, you're not required to wear a mask. This priest called the police on this person. It has become demonic, demonic, beloved. And we're living in those times, not out of the providence of God. Monsignor Charles um, uh, Pope, his last name is Pope, P-O-P-E, continues. He says, Scripture says... Uh, in Psalm 144, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Preparing people for war, Monsignor says, a moral and spiritual war, not a shooting war, although guns are going off all over the country, should include a clear setting forth of the errors of our time and a clear and loving application of the truth to error and light to darkness. But there is little such training evident in Catholic circles today, where in the average parish there exists a sort of shy and quiet atmosphere, a fear of addressing, a fear of addressing controversial issues, lest someone be offended or the parish be perceived as unwelcoming. But if there ever was a time to wear soft garments, it is not now. The church of the 1970s to the 1990s was surely well described as the error of beige Catholicism. The term itself makes me nauseous. A term coined by Bishop Robert Barron and not by way of flattery either. Those of us who lived through that era, the the 70s to the 90s, especially in the 70s, remember it as a time when many parish signs uh, beckoned people to come and experience our welcoming and warm Catholic community. Our most evident desire was to fit in and be thought of as normal. Yes, Catholics were just like everyone else, and we had been working very hard to do that, at least since the early 1960s, when John F. Kennedy was elected. Catholics had finally made it into the mainstream. We had been accepted by the culture. To me, that's death. I'm just giving you a little aside comment here. For Catholics to be accepted by the culture is death. Because Catholics need to stand against the culture saying, if you remain of the culture and you do not come into the church, your future will not be heaven, but it will be hell. That's what we need to do. But we're accepted by the culture. I'm okay, you're okay. We have brought death to the world, not life. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. And we will be back right after the break. And at the second break, we will take your calls, your emails, your um, texts. And the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. In 
My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened. We are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of a very good article by Monsignor Charles Pope, um, and the title is Comfort Catholicism Has to Go. It is time to prepare for persecution. And I'm going to um, start where we left off, and he says, Church Church Architecture. Now, this is, keep in mind, four years ago. Church architecture and interiors became minimalist and nondescript. Music and... So let me go back up to the statement that this fits in. Um, uh, Let me just read the, the previous paragraph that sets the stage. The church of the 1970s to the 1990s was surely well described as the error of beige Catholicism. I'll tell you something. That was coined, that term beige Catholicism, by Bishop Robert Barron. And it is not the Catholicism that our Lord gave us. And Monsignor writes, those of us who lived through that era, especially in the 1970s, remember it as a time when many parish signs beckoned people to come and experience our welcoming and warm Catholic community. That's just simply Protestantism uh, coming into the Catholic Church. Our most evident desire. I mean, can you imagine... I just have to give you this aside here. Um, telling people, if Jesus, as Jesus was on earth, and uh, people 
um, uh, were gathered, would come together uh, to hear him. Can you imagine someone saying, um, come and experience a warm and welcoming community? No. They would do what, what Peter did. Come and see the Messiah who, who has come, who we have found. Come, bow before him. That's what they would say. Come and our warm and welcoming Catholic community. That is a denial of our faith, a denial of the presence of God in the Eucharist. Who's interested in our community when God is there? People say, should we have greeters? I said, for what? If Jesus appeared as he did on earth 2,000 years ago in the form of a man, and he had, there was an apparition of Jesus right in your church, there would be blocks long waiting to get in and fall on their face before him. And if you were a greeter, you think when I walked into that church, I'd be interested in, in shaking your hand? No way. No way. Only in seeing Jesus and falling before him. This is not Catholicism. Our most evident desire... Monsignor writes of the 70s and the 90s, our most evident desire was to fit in and be thought of as normal. Yes, Catholics were just like everyone else. We shouldn't be like everyone else, but we are, and we were. And we had been working very hard to do that, at least since the early 60s, when John F. Kennedy was elected. Catholics had finally made it into the mainstream. We had been accepted by the culture. And beloved, If we are accepted by the culture, that is death to the culture and to our vocation as Catholics. We need to be in the world and not of it. The minute we're accepted, we're telling everybody else, we're okay, thanks for accepting us, and they're okay. And they're not okay. We need to be in the world and not of it. We need to tell them that unless they repent and embrace Christ and his church, They will not be in heaven. They will not see God. Monsignor continues, Church architecture and interiors became minimalist and nondescript. Music and language in the liturgy became folksy. Marian processions, Corpus Christi processions, many things of distinctive and colorful Catholicism all but disappeared. Even our crucifixes disappeared to be replaced by floating resurrection Jesus images. The emphasis was on blending in, speaking to things that made people feel comfortable, and affirming rather than challenging. If there was to be any challenge at all, it would be on safe exhortations, such as not abusing the environment or polluting, not judging or being intolerant, and so forth. Again, if there ever was a time to wear soft garments, it is not now. It is zero dark 30 in our post-Christian culture. And while we may wish to blame any number of factors for the collapse, we cannot exclude ourselves. We who are supposed to be the light of the world, with Christ shining in us, have preferred to hide our light under a basket and lay low. The ruins of our families and culture are testimony to the triumph of error and the suppression of the truth. I'm going to read that sentence again. The ruins of our families and culture are testimony to the triumph of error and the suppression of the truth. More than ever, we need to shift 
toward being distinctive from the culture that we have refused to critique and call to reform. More than ever, our faith needs to shine brightly and clearly in our churches and communities. And if a world now accustomed to great darkness calls our light harsh, so be it. If our light does not shine, there's no light at all. Our Catholic faith is the sole, S-O-L-E, sole and last hope for this world. It has always been so. Beloved, Catholicism is not a Christian denomination. It is not a denomination. It is the church Christ founded. And if we who have been chosen of God, into whom his grace has been poured and is being poured by the sacraments, if we keep quiet and we hide our light under a bushel, not only will we fail in God's mission for us, but we may not be in heaven ourselves. To whom much is given, much is expected, much is required. Monsignor Charles Pope continues, Simply put, it is time for clergy to prepare themselves and God's people for sacrifice. Seeking to compromise with this culture is now unthinkable. Now, beloved, Monsignor Charles Pope wrote this four years ago, and clergy, uh, lay people, we are compromising with the culture left and right. And four years ago, Monsignor said, seeking to compromise with this culture is unthinkable. Our only recourse is to seek to lance the boils, and the culture will cry foul, and we who do the lancing will be made increasingly to suffer. But we have to be willing to embrace and endure such suffering in increasing ways in the months and years ahead. We are at war for our own souls and the souls of people we love. We are at war for the soul of this culture and nation. And like any soldier, we must train to fight well. We must study our faith and be more committed than ever. We must also know our enemy and his tactics. And we must be prepared to suffer, even to lose our life. We have to retool and provide every opportunity to get clear about our faith. Sermons and other teachable moments must sound a clear call to personal conversion and to battle for souls and to stop treating lightly the sinful disregard for God's law in our families and in our communities. Our bishops especially, Monsignor writes, our bishops especially need to shift into another mode entirely. This is a priest speaking of our bishops. Collectively and currently, they seem more interested in protecting what little we have left than summoning the Catholic people to battle. Priests, too, seem loath to summon people to anything challenging or uncomfortable. The image of Peter trying to keep Christ from the cross comes to mind. And Peter said, this shall never be for you. And the Lord severely rebuked him, saying that he was thinking as man, not God, and was in the service of Satan. And what of us, Monsignor asks? The church cannot even seem to ask people to attend Mass on a holy day if it is on a Monday or Saturday. 
Isn't that tragic? Blessed be Monsignor Charles Pope. I've never heard any priest or bishop say that. The church cannot even seem to ask people to attend Mass on a holy day if it is on a Monday or a Saturday. And everything's been moved to Sunday. And Catholics don't know their faith because they're going to go to church Sunday anyway. It's awful. And Monsignor said it's apparently too much to ask people to come to Mass two days in a row. If that be the case, who will summon them to withstand and vigorously protest unjust and evil laws, even if it means financial penalties or even jail? And blood martyrdom? It hardly seems likely that most clergy today would counsel readiness for such a thing or even be close to being ready ourselves. Bishops or priests who do so can expect to be called reckless and imprudent in shy and soft times like these. The cry will surely go up. It is not yet the time for such things. But if not now, beloved, when? Scripture says, Monsignor continues, Scripture says, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? It cannot simply be priests who must make this call. Parents and other leaders need to sound it as well. Yes, parents need to prepare their children for more than a career. They need now to prepare them for difficult days ahead, days that will include persecution and even martyrdom if they decide to follow Christ unambiguously. Am I wrong, Monsignor asks? I sure hope so. But we can no longer, as a church, sit idly by and hope things just magically get better. As a culture, and even in segments of the church, we have sown the wind, and now we are weeping the whirlwind. Many these days like to criticize the church of the past for any number of failings. But I wonder, Monsignor says, I wonder how the future members of the church will remember the church in our times. Columnist Joseph Sobrand, writing over 15 years ago, wondered the same thing and wrote, Catholics of the future, this is 15 years ago, Catholics of the future certainly will not accuse us of excessive zeal. Isn't that a shame? They might be shocked by our lukewarmness, our cowardice masquerading as tolerance, our laxity, our willingness willingness to countenance heresy, sacrilege, blasphemy, and immorality, even within the church itself, our eagerness to ingratiate ourselves with the secular world. Oh, there's the music, dear one, for our second break. Um, And we will come back after the break, and then we will, uh, dear ones, um, uh, we'll continue with your calls, your texts, your emails. Um, and again, the toll-free number to call is one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I grew up Catholic Church, haven't been in the Catholic Church for decades, but I'm in the process of working my way back for the simple reason that I needed a place to listen to pro-life, pro-family messages. Catholic radio is it. It's a place to hear that message without all the political bias and all that that's going on on News Talk Radio. It changed my life. It's the only station I turn on. Catholic station is an answer to prayer. It just couldn't be more fulfilling. It's helped me learn more about the faith, and it's helped me to deepen my faith as a result of that. It's on continuously in my house, day and night. You can't imagine how much I receive from that channel. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We're thrilled to be with you. This is our half-hour all together. And um, you are welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Um, the toll-free number is 775-11-5483 or email at mother at, uh, at com. Uh, we have a call from John in Canada. Hello, John. Hello, Mother. How are you? I'm wonderful. How about yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. I, uh, I just Good. wanted to let you know I've uh, I've saved your number on my my speed dial because uh, I, I always find it so difficult to, to try to remember to put the numbers down on the phone as you say them. So it's uh, 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 it's really beneficial. <laughs> very good. So um, I've called a few times before in the past, and uh, I just want to say thanks again for your messages and everything. And uh, what you're talking about today was really near my heart. Um, we, we've got mm-hmm. a large of five and uh we're we're finding a catholic community to to stand with and it's really wonderful to to get support from other catholic families indeed Uh, and um there's been a bit of a trend you know there's so much media out there right now for and against and um it really is trying to to push these families and uh i'm sure we can both talk about where the world is today and and so many different levels um, um 
I'm really trying hard not to let that get into the children, though, because um, I want them to be informed, but I also don't want to sway their opinion. I find that uh, this indoctrination that the other groups are trying to do to our kids is, is really deplorable, but I still find the innocence of children, and they, they really shouldn't be held to be accounted for that stuff. Um, and it may not be the best place for them to, to give their opinion. Um, what are your thoughts on this? What, how, what ages are your children? So my oldest is nine, and um, we, we try to challenge where we can, but also know that because they're in the public school, or in the Catholic school system, that we have to be careful because if, if a child explains something with their limited knowledge on something and the wrong teacher or the wrong parent was to get a hold of that, obviously the enemy uh, works with lies and deception. And uh, I've heard quite a few testimonies of parents being questioned and having their children uh, going in for interviews. And, and obviously this is horrible. But I think as uh, parents, if we're not able to arm ourselves properly with the understanding, then we're really fighting a bad war. How many other children do you have, and what are their ages? There's five mother. Uh, our oldest is nine. Um, we've been blessed with four older boys. So I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old. And we've just recently been blessed with, I might biasly say, the most beautiful eight-month-old daughter I've ever seen. So it's, it's been really Good. wonderful. Okay, it is truly wonderful. Um, are, so you're sending your children to a Catholic school. Is it truly Catholic? No, Mother, and <laughs> I think everybody knows that, but um, we, we have hope that there's connections they're making and friends they're having that are Catholic. And, uh, we're why, not are you sending them to a, why are you sending them to a Catholic school? Well, um, the, That's the not truly Catholic. The public school system's not any better, and unfortunately, um, I, I, I don't make enough money to provide my wife to be a stay-at-home. She's been at home for the last while, but um, we, I feel the financial burden, and we, we live a very simple life. Um, we, we try to cut costs as best we can, but it's expensive, and, um, and I feel like she's only working part-time, but uh, the, the home care is just it's very difficult. So they, they do need to go to school, unfortunately. Where are the children when your wife is at work? You've got eight months old and up. Where are they? Uh, they've been, um, she's been on maternity leave. Because we're in Canada, they've got some pretty exceptional programs for, for moms staying home. But um, we have very limited uh, family support. Uh, I lost my mother at a very young age, and uh, um, my father's not really an option. And her parents are still working partially, so it's... Uh, it's been it's been a bit of a struggle. When, so, when will your wife go back to work? So she'll work on a part-time basis, possibly in September. Um, she'll be looking. At and going where back. was and and before this baby, where was your wife? How, who was with the children while your wife was at work? Uh, she works part-time, so my um, shift schedule allows me the opportunity to have a few days off during the week. So I've actually been staying home with the kids for the days that she's working. Okay, so one or two of you are home. Yes. The children are not put out anywhere. No, no. Okay, all right. Blessed be God for that. I'm sorry to question you. That's not why you called. But... Um, uh, I would say, John, um, 
a couple of things. Um, I once took a class on uh, philosophical foundations of the family, and the point that I, I'll never forget, it was in Protestant seminary at the time, is many people, it's not everyone's conclusion, but a, a judge, so to speak, or conclude that when a child is about age 10 and your nine-year-old is pretty close, um, they are affected for the rest of their life pretty much on the circumstance of their time. The family situation, but also the world situation, economically, politically, all of that. They may not know about it, but they live within it, and they are nonetheless affected by it, even if they don't know it or can't define it. For example, if someone's 10 years old and they lived through the Depression, they could be a billionaire today and they won't spend a penny because they just uh, grew up knowing that they have to hoard things and hold on to everything or they won't have food. So they have a billion dollars, but they live as paupers. So that's just one example. It doesn't have to be. A cataclysmic event uh, could change all that in a person's life. But for the most part, uh, that's how we're going to see the world through life. And um, I would say to um, not give your children... Uh, as you are wisely discerning more information than they need. But I think it's very important that you begin to let them know that they are a chosen people, that they are, it's identity, not religion, identity. They are God's people, and God has chosen them out of the world to be in the world and not of it. And you explain to them what that means. Um, You know, whatever dishonors God, whether it's something we do or fail to do or our speech or our laxity, whatever it is, um, we are in the world to honor God and by the way we live to draw others to him. And so um, I think your children, your seven and nine-year-old, need to know that clearly and that God has... Uh, put you in a world that is pretty much turned from God. And even the Catholics they know and see and meet uh, could be their own teachers, could be their own friends, are not necessarily, they could be faithful, but not to depend uh, on them, on others, for truth or how we live or fail to live. I think you can tell your children um, that there are certain times in history where Uh, The enemy has been at war with Catholics and Catholicism. This is one time, and that it's a great privilege for us to grow up in this time. I can tell you, John, we grew up as Jewish in Brooklyn, and uh, we were not favored. Um, My brother was stabbed, not fatally, uh, for being a Christ killer. We were called all kinds of things. We had no idea who Christ was. We didn't even... We didn't even know he was Jewish. We couldn't pronounce his name, and yet we were spit upon and all of that. So we we got to know not who Christ was, but that the whatever, we knew we were God's people. We knew that, and somehow the world was against us. So uh, we didn't quite understand why, but it didn't matter. We knew who we were, and we knew that what we did and didn't do Uh, reflected on not simply our family, but the Jewish people all over the world and the God we claimed uh, to know and love. So I think it's a very strong message that you need to give your children um, and not be afraid of it. Um, 
uh, don't be afraid of what they're going to say. They don't have to be apologists, but they can say in school, if they're called upon, we are Catholic. And uh, if the teacher said, but, it, you know, everybody has a different opinion on abortion, for example, your children can stay quiet or not. But if they speak, they, they must say God is against abortion. It's not our opinion. It's our faith. God is against abortion, and therefore we are. They need to be able to speak up. And so that's my thought on this, John. Hold nothing back from your children. Let them mature. Let them be responsible. I wish somehow, I wish that you and your wife could homeschool. I truly wish that. Even if, again, you're sharing times with the children when your wife's working, you're home, when you're working, she's home. I wish you could homeschool those kids because, um, you know, if someone goes to a very, very solid, faithful Catholic school, which is growing more rare in these days, uh, when you, public schools are awful, but when you send your child to a Catholic school and it's not truly Catholic, it compromises, and the example of the teachers is anything but Catholic in their dress, in their speech, in their faith, then your child thinks they've learned Catholicism and they leave it when they get older because they haven't learned Catholicism. They've learned fallen away Catholicism, lukewarm, defective Catholicism. Why should they follow that? So I'm, I feel very strongly on that. If there's anything you can do to homeschool your children, your wife has already homeschooled your eighth-month-old now for 17 months. Your wife has homeschooled that little baby from the moment of its conception in her womb for nine months. And when the baby was born, right up through now eight months, that baby's been homeschooled. And every child is homeschooled until they are five or six, when for some um, awful reason that is not of God, we turn them over to the world. We decide to no longer homeschool them. And we turn them over to people, whether Catholic or not, who don't have our values, who are not going to continue what we've trained those children in at home. And it's, it's very, very serious. So sorry for the long speech here, John, but I would do everything you could to homeschool those children and at the very, very least uh, go over what they learn in school and feed it into the grid of your Catholic faith um, and do, do everything you can to be home with those children. There's one family that had seven children. The wife was a nurse. The husband um, was a manager of a sporting goods store, and his salary did not support all their needs. And so the wife's salary as a nurse was actually larger than his, and they needed both salaries to live where they were living in California. And the wife just had her seventh baby, and she came crying to me, and she said, I don't want to go back to work. I want to be home with my baby. I said, what's stopping you? She said, we can't handle it. It's too expensive. I said, get out of here. Get out of California. Sell your home. Go to Kansas. Find some land and grow vegetables. And that's exactly what they did. And he became manager of a sporting goods store in Kansas, and only the salary was then enough to support them. And she could be home with her seven children, and they had a great vegetable garden. And I would say under, no matter what cost, no matter what needs to be done, try to do that. Come to Kansas, John. We're in Beloit. (laughs) 
And here there is a great Catholic school and large families, St. John the Baptist Catholic School, are coming to Beloit for that reason. Yeah, I feel we're a bit behind the eight ball in Canada. So, <laughs> Behind the eight ball in what? Uh, we're a bit behind the eight ball in Canada. That there's uh, there's a lot of lot of changes that have happened uh, that we haven't had a chance to control. So, no, and it's evil. It's tremendously it growing evil. Yeah. With uh-huh. um huh, and so um, I don't know if the answer is for you to get out of Canada, but your vocation is to protect your children and raise them in the faith in the faith at any cost. All right, dear ones, Uh, there's the music for our break. We'll be right back after the break. And again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. It's still 10 minutes plus for you to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Monica on the line from Ohio. Hello, Monica. 
Hi, Mother Miriam. How are you today? I'm wonderful, dear one. Thanks so much. I'm so glad that I could talk to you today, and I'm glad you're feeling well that you could be on the radio today. Yes, I'm so sorry. And I want to thank a few of you who have sent me emails on how to get over fatigue with herbs and vitamins and all that. You're just so dear, all of you. God bless you. And I've responded to everyone. I've either ordered the herbs or or the vitamins or taken up your suggestions. Very, very good. Go ahead, Monica. Thanks, sweetheart. Sure. Um, I'm watching you on Facebook Live. Okay. Um, I I just wanted to let you know, I really am so happy that you are so strong and brave about um, not taking vaccines. No. Um, right. Right. And a friend of ours just died because he took that vaccine mm. and we, we warned him not to. About 51 days ago is when he took the vaccine, and he just died recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Awful. you know, we're heartbroken about it, but thank be to God we got a priest for him um, before he died. And he wasn't Catholic, but, you know, at least we got him the priest, and, and the priest gave him the last rites. So, um, I'm sorry. I'm He's crying, in God's but. hands. God is uh, merciful. Um, and we just trusted did what was right. So my, I appreciate that, but my, my, my question here is, when we know that this vaccine, there's so many millions of people that are taking it now, um, all of our, you know, a lot of family and friends have gone against what we've, you know, let mm-hmm. them know about the science of this. How are we going to wrap our mind around and be strong when all of these people are dying. You know, there's going to be millions of people dying at one time and the narrative is going to be one thing and we know for sure that these these vaccines are the one are the causes of their death. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, you know, praying our rosary and trying to um, keep each other going, what else are we going to do? I mean, this is going to be horrific mother you know i think what's coming is going to be even more horrific than what we've known already um uh and i'm not going to state what i've read is coming because you can all look at the news yourself and we're not sure you know but they're talking about a more dangerous strain and and the plan is to um vaccinate the whole world and COVID-19 is just a tool. It's an excuse. The vaccine is not a vaccine. It's a pathogen. It's been shown to change DNA. Thousands of people have died from it or have been maimed or something like that. It's really awful. Um, Their brains are swelling. It's just a, it's demonic and it's still an experiment. There's no tested vaccine that's safe. None, not one. Um, even if it's not immoral, even if there are vaccines that are being made now that are not being made or tested with aborted baby parts, it's all immoral, it's all experimental, and um, uh, no one has any right to demand that we take it. So I think two things. 
One, to just ma- have your, don't keep struggling with it. Have your mind made up that you are not taking it. It's simply immoral, it's demonic, and you're not interested in that for your life. Let it go. I've had parents tell me that they're taking it because their children won't let them see their grandchildren if they don't. Well, that's everybody's choice. I don't recommend that a grandparent take it in order that they see their grandchildren. I, I would never recommend that. And so we don't do evil that good may come. And, um, but people are feeling threatened and compromised and all of that. So it's an individual decision. Uh, if it's um, baby parts involved, that's it, completely immoral. But if they're not baby parts, um, it's just an individual decision. But uh, I think not a good one to take the vaccine. So, uh, Monica, I just think we need to know and be settled in our heart. I'm not going to take it. That's the end of the story. I don't have to keep revisiting this, keep proving it. Uh, I'm simply not taking it. And um, get get your ammunition in order. Print out a few pages of why you're not taking it. There's plenty on the web of why not to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Plenty. You can pick out those reasons that are on the top of your list. Just put a page together that you can hand to people. Because if you just tell them, it may go in one ear and out the other. But if you can hand them something official from scientists, um, what is the... uh, Let me just see if I can get this. Um, There's two sites that I recommend. One is Children for Life. Children of God, Children of God for Life, um, and the other is, um, I got an email from them this morning, um, oh dear, hold on, let me see if I can, If here it is, American Frontline, it's um, doxor, Doctors Uncensored, bringing you the truth, and it's America's Frontline Doctors, and they... Um, uh, it's it's the CDC acknowledges heart risks to young people. Hmm? Um, they must discontinue the COVID-9 vaccine in people under 30. And so we're not hearing that. Uh, children are being vaccinated by the thousands. So this is a good outspoken um, apostolate, and it, it brings the truth. So it's America's frontline doctors, or um, children and or children, um, children for life. I think it's, thank you so much. So, uh, um, James just helped me with this. Childrenofgodforlife.com. Childrenofgodforlife.org. Thank you, James. Children of God. He's keeping us right on. Childrenofgodforlife.org. So it is uh, children of God, C-O-G. And then F-O-R-L-I-F-E, C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E dot org, O-R-G. Very, very good. Um, And then again, uh, uh, America's Frontline Doctors. And you'll be up to date on on all that information. So I would just print things out and give it to people. And, um, And let them do with it, pray for them, and do with it what they will. But don't waver. Be strong. Oh, definitely. Definitely, Mother. I'm, yes, I know indeed. both of those sites. I love oh, both of those sites. I, good. I love what you're saying. And um, 
just, you know, how are we going to wrap our minds around how many people are going to be dying? What do we do, Mother? What are we going to do? We don't wrap our minds about that, around that. We wrap our minds around the fact that God is on the throne and his providence is allowing this. And that's all we need to know. We pray for their souls. We pray for the souls of those who have died. Again, if they haven't died in a, straight, a state of grace, our prayers won't help them. But if they have and they're in purgatory, our prayers will help them. So we pray for their souls and we uh, trust God for his providence in allowing what he does. Okay. Thank we you, always wrap, Thank Yeah, you. sweetheart. We always wrap our mind around who God is and his love for us. And the love that gave his life for us on the cross will never lessen in any circumstance. Okay. Thank so you. Thank you so you, much. You're welcome, uh, Monica. God bless you. God bless all of you. And uh, we'll be with you tomorrow.